Yesterday, we brought offensive observations, and today we have more to discuss from our attendance at the Washington Commanders OTA practice this week, this time turning the microscope onto the defense right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free, and we are are available on all platforms, and we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day if you are joining us over on YouTube. I am David Harrison covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and my co-host Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Matt Hershow on the Team 980. You can find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime, along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at dharrison82, at russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. Thanks again for making us your first view or listen of the day. We started our offensive review of the OTA practice available to the media with quarterback Carson Wentz. So it only makes sense that we start with the defense, starting with the quarterback of the defense. And we're talking about Cole Holcomb, Mike linebacker. So what does that really mean for Cole Holcomb in 2022? Look, Cole Holcomb called the defense in 2021. He emphasized as much during his time with the media following practice on Tuesday. Uh, And I got to be honest with you, not something that I was completely aware of uh, either, to be honest. So that not just the person asking the question, but also uh, me, myself. And I'm sure that if I was not, that there were several other people out there who were not aware that Cole Holcomb, and, and from what he said, called the defense on the field, had the green dot on the sticker and all that stuff from week one of the 2021 NFL season. So he says it's not really about the responsibility change, about setting the defense, making the calls, making the shifts and all that. It's really about the field position change and where he lines up in, in 2021 kind of lined up all over the place, but in 2022 expects to line up more in the middle part of the field, kind of over the center uh, a little bit more and in a traditional middle linebacker, Mike linebacker position. So where does the Mike linebacker line up? Well, that's really kind of the question here and what Cole Holcomb uh, is dealing with. Typically you're talking between the tackles, you're talking off the line of scrimmage, but no more than eight yards or so off the line of scrimmage within seven to six, maybe five yards from the line of scrimmage. And again, between the tackles lined up over the center in line with the quarterback, all those nice things. Uh, Cole Holcomb took 1,021 snaps in 2021. uh, And according to PFF's designations, 49 of those were on the defensive line. 41 of them were as a slot corner. Now, again, PFF doesn't rank by or doesn't uh, slot by by given position. It's by alignment. So slot corner, you know, outside the tackle or the furthest or or the inline tight end. Uh, if there is one, you know, off the line of scrimmage, outside the tackle box, all those things. Slot corner, you probably, you can pretty much guarantee following a motion tight end uh, or maybe a running back at worst. 11 wide corner, same thing, tight end lined up outside. He's in man, running back, whatever. Uh, that's how that happens. And then five as the free safety, so a little bit deeper there. But he had 885 snaps inside the box, as, as PFF uh, likes to put it. And that means. Left linebacker, he was there 383 times. Right side linebacker, 358 times. Strong safety, two times. So he's in the in the tackle box range, but outside of the actual tackles. Close to the line of scrimmage, but not uh, between the tackles. And then middle linebacker, your traditional middle linebacker, like we just discussed with the alignment. He was there 142 times last season. That's 14% of his snaps. And 
as middle linebackers go, the most on the team. So he played the traditional middle linebacker, Mike linebacker role uh, more than anybody else did on the team, but he only did it 14% of his snaps uh, over 700 times. He was either to the left or the right of the formation, depending on what the offensive showed. So that's what Cole Holcomb was talking about. It's not about calling the signals. It's not about setting the defense. He's done that. He's been doing that. Jack Del Rio has been trusting him to do that. It's about being lined up really kind of in the middle of the formation and at OTAs watching Cole Holcomb because he obviously was a point of focus for everybody uh, in attendance. That's where you saw him most time. He was in the middle there. He was calling out the signals and he was doing well. The offense was throwing some things at him from time to time in team drills and he was making the adjustments and putting guys in the right position. And I got to say uh, that, you know, it's, it's one day of practice, but you can honestly say that the first team defense never really looked out of place or like they didn't know what was going on. It says uh, that it feels good. Cole Holcomb said it feels good when the coaches talk about how capable he is and his potential as the Mike linebacker, as it would anybody if your boss goes on record talking about how talented or how good you are uh, at your job. And look, it, it's a great thing, you know, and people might be surprised that Cole Holcomb was calling the defense last year. Some people might even question uh, the decision that Cole Holcomb was calling the defense last year. But here in 2022, like 2021 is already done. So that's in the past. So if we have a problem with that in any way, shape or form, which I personally don't, uh, it's already done. So in 2022, you have a an experienced play caller. And if you go back to kind of William Jackson's words after the practice, he was very happy to be back with the guys. And he kind of talked about that, where last year he was the new guy. He had to get used to the language and used to doing everything the way that Jack Del Rio wants it done and uh, the DB coaches there and all that stuff want it done. But now coming back here, he knows the language. He knows the scheme. He knows kind of what to expect so he can play a little bit faster. He's a little bit more comfortable. And that continuity is going to be very important. So getting that continuity out of Cole Holcomb for the Washington Commanders defense, also going to be very, very important. And now, again, he's doing it from an advantageous position, uh, you assume, playing that Mike linebacker, middle linebacker role. Uh, and and honestly, it answers the, the reason, you know, we've kind of discussed this as well. Chris and I ranked linebacker pretty high uh, on our boards. I had him, I had linebacker higher as a need. It wasn't a dig at Cole Holcomb. Honestly, if it was a dig at anybody, it was a dig at Jamin Davis. But I wouldn't even really go as far as say it was a dig at Jamin Davis. But uh, just really the linebacker group as a whole, just not a lot of meat. Uh, to that group, but this kind of explains why they maybe didn't go after that middle linebacker or that off-ball linebacker because they're looking to beef up the the front line. They're looking to kind of get some of these players back healthy and reinforce those things uh, and have Cole Holcomb kind of step into a bigger leadership role. He, he kind of laughed that off when he was asked about being a leadership role. So he's been leading. He's He's been doing that on the team, but maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a more public. We'll call it public, right? It's more public leadership role than it is maybe bigger uh, this year. So that was their plans. Didn't go there. And then again, Holcomb talking about Jamin Davis. Holcomb was asked about uh, last year's first round draft pick, Jamin Davis linebacker. We're going to talk about what he said about Jamin, and we're going to talk about some other younger defensive players, just like we did on our offensive wrap-up on this defensive wrap-up of the OTA practice that the media was able to observe this week. We're going to do that coming up here in a second. But first, we've been asking, and Built has delivered. Built granola bars are here, I have to admit. I got a secret stash sent to me a little bit a little while ago. Shout out to Built.com for hooking us up with that so that we can speak honestly and from the heart here. And the granola bars are very, very on point. If you're a fan of granola bars, you're going to be a fan of these. Chocolate peanut butter is delicious. Chocolate coconut. I'm not even a huge coconut fan, guys, but chocolate coconut, very good. And white chocolate berry is delicious. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's a perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real 
chocolate with 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar. Built granola bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. And they are made with the collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now to get Built Granola Bars, three delicious flavors to try, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. So don't miss out. You got to get yours today. You go to Built.com to get Built Granola Bars now. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of that order. So again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or view every single day. For your next listen or view, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Just like yesterday with the offense, we're going to talk about the rookie defenders who took the field for the first time with their veteran teammates. But before we do that, let's talk about Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, drafted 19th overall in 2021, the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. Most people consider his rookie season to be uh, a letdown, to be quite honest with, with you. And Holcomb was asked about Davis entering Davis's second season and said, quote, I remember my rookie year, man, it was hard. Jamin, in his first year, he's not talking as much because he's trying to think about if I change the defense, how, how does that change my job? He's trying to work within the defense. Jamin was still trying to figure his job out. He's doing a much better job this year. And I think he's going to make huge drives this year, end quote. And that kind of, again, goes back to the William Jackson, the third comments after practice as well, coming back a second year, being more comfortable, being more unified with these guys, being familiar with them, and honestly kind of getting away from all the stresses and the struggles of the 2021 NFL season, kind of let all that stuff fall off into history and into the abyss and come in this year more motivated, kind of reinvigorated, ready to go again. Uh, and again, starting off with a little bit of a head start because you're not having to learn the entire language of the checks and all that. And the guy next to you, Cole Holcomb, is setting the defense. You've already been doing that with him for a year. The guy's playing in front of you, Jonathan Allen. You've already been doing that for a year. So all of those things kind of play into what Cole's talking about, where he expects Jamin to kind of take that next step. And I'm sure every Commanders fan would be very excited to see him do so. Now, earlier this offseason, London Fletcher, Washington, great, went on 106.7 The Fan and talked about Jamin Davis as well, saying, quote, I thought earlier in the year Davis wasn't able to use his athleticism because he was thinking too much. And as the season went on, he got more comfortable playing the middle linebacker position. He got better. So I think with another offseason in the same system, knowing his responsibilities, having another preseason, he's going to hit the ground running as a starter next season. I expect him to have a huge impact on this defense next season. End quote. Now, those comments came in February. Obviously, Cole Holcomb is, is, is in there as the middle linebacker. Uh, setting the defense that seems to be pretty solidified. I mean, we'll obviously keep an eye on it during OTAs and then into training camp. But unless something changes, Jamin was on the field with the, with the ones he was running next to Cole Holcomb, uh, two linebackers on the field most of the time, four down linemen and a lot of DBs. Uh, that Buffalo nickel that we'll talk about here later. So Jamin does look like he's going to be have a be having a prominent role in the defense. But again, more comfortable, more familiar with the scheme, more familiar with the calls doesn't have to think about it as much. And like Cole was talking about, can be can be more communicative and be more confident in what he's doing on the field and hopefully play faster. Uh, again, uh, London Fletcher saying those two or saying those comments to B. Mitch and J.P. Finley back in February. So Jamin Davis, I'll, I'll be honest with you, he looked faster uh, than I remember him looking, you know, last time that I saw him. So that is, you know, somewhat impressed or not impressed, but somewhat promising, right? It's the first day. 
So to see if that keeps up, but he was also doing work with the special teams. And I like that you have a first round draft pick out there. Kind of remind them like you, you haven't carved out a hall of fame career yet. You're still kind of earning your, your way here. You're kind of carving your path. And you saw last year's first round draft pick, Jamin Davis on the punt team, playing a little protection, getting some releases, getting downfield. And then you saw this year's first round draft pick, Jahan Dotson fielding punts uh, in the rain there. So good to see those first round picks getting some special teams love and kind of getting a little bit of reminder, not that they necessarily even needed it from an ego standpoint, but just a little bit of reminder, you still have to earn your keep here in the National Football League. Speaking of rookies, defensive young guys, Washington Commanders defensive rookies, uh, to refresh your memory, second round, uh, the Washington Commanders in the 2022 NFL Draft took Alabama defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis, fourth round, Louisiana safety Percy Butler, seventh round, Oklahoma State Christian Holmes. There are some other undrafted guys. There are some tryout guys on the field as well. But going through those guys, Fedarian Mathis, he got the uh, the first team reps. He was out there with with Jonathan Allen uh, next to him and kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday, but noticed him lining up next to Jonathan Allen. So as soon as I see Fedarian Mathis there next to Jonathan Allen run with the ones, what does that bring up? Brings up Deron Payne. So I started scanning the field, didn't see him, didn't know why, kind of poked around a little bit, tried to find out why, didn't really get an answer. Come to find out later, Ben Standing of The Athletic with the exclusive drop there of what happened with uh, Duran. We'll talk about that here in a minute. So Federian Mathis there run with the ones next to Jonathan Allen in the team drills look pretty good. I mean, look, they're not in pads. They're not hitting, you know, and, and stuff like that. No contact, all that stuff. So you kind of take what you can get from it. But I will tell you uh, that he looked like a guy who was quick off the line, looked like he knew what he was doing, confident in his moves, uh, maximum effort, all the good things you want to see out of a guy, especially day one in practice. So we'll look forward to seeing him continuing this trend. We'll see how long, uh, this situation brews with Duran and the Washington Commanders, but for the time being, Fedarian Math is getting some valuable reps with the first-team defense in the meantime. Safety Percy Butler saw him on the field several times, saw him kind of blow an opportunity uh, a couple times, had a chance to kind of read, close on a pass, maybe come up with a play for the defense, didn't quite come up with it uh, as often as you would want him to, but did, you know, moved around the field quick. He looked the part of kind of that long, fast uh, defensive back that can play a little bit deeper, so you like what you saw out of, him, out of them. Christian Holmes, uh, probably one of the best plays of the day, but also one of the best or one of the biggest mistakes of the day broke beautifully on a pass. Can't remember who the quarterback was. It could have been Sam Howell. It could have been uh, uh, Taylor Heineke. But Christian Holmes diagnosed the play, read it beautifully, came in for the interception, and you could see him in the air, hand on hands on the ball, and he took his eyes off the ball, man. Started, started getting ready to run upfield, drop the thing in the rain. Uh, obviously, he got you know heckled for that a little bit. Everybody laughed at him. Uh, good experience for the rookie, but a great play. And I mean, that's, you know, that's what you want to see from these rookies, right? You know, especially day one of practice, see him flash a little bit, see him show a little bit of that talent and why they were drafted in the first place. Christian Holmes certainly flashing on that play, but then also standing out for a little bit of a reason he doesn't want to uh, stand out. So that's our real wrap up of the rookies, Jamin Davis as well. Again, our next look at these guys and, and all of the Washington commanders, uh, defensive players and offense players will come next Wednesday. So make sure you come back here for our Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders podcast, we'll talk about everything that we saw at our second session of OTAs with the Washington Commanders. Next up, we're going to talk about who was missing the Buffalo nickel and what we hope to see next Wednesday out on the practice field. That coming up in our final segment right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Final segment of this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, wrapping up our defensive observations from OTA practice this week with absences and what we want to see next Wednesday when we get to see them on the field again. We're going to have our Buffalo nickel conversation on our next episode, so make sure you come back for that as well. 
Talking about the players that weren't on the field, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, not on the practice field on Tuesday. Again, we went over the offense on yesterday's episode, so if you want to hear about that, please go back and check that out either in your downloads or if you're on YouTube, just head into our video files and you'll find that episode that published yesterday. Uh, again, offensive observations from the OTA. So Chase Young missing, you know, rehabbing his knee. Ron Rivera said that he's he's been in the facility. He's talked to the doctors. They have a plan. Uh, they have a way ahead. He's he's executing that kind of uh, not necessarily on his own, on his own. I assume he's got probably trainers and stuff with him, obviously, uh, helping him get through that. They do hope to see him, you know, soon. Uh, Montez Sweat was was dealing with a personal matter, obviously not getting into the details of that, nor should he. Uh, but Ron Rivera saying that, you know, they expected Montez uh, to be back very soon. Actually, I, I, I think they, they expected him back on Wednesday. Um, so hopefully we'll see him there next Wednesday. Chase, again, still out there rehabbing his knee. He's out of plan. Sweat is out with a personal matter. So not a lot of drama uh, involved in that kind of stuff. And they do expect Chase, I think, back for some of the voluntary stuff, which is what uh, Washington fans want to hear about. Deron Payne. Now, he's he's the big story of the day, right? Not out on a personal matter, but a contract matter. And again, that according to Ben Standig of The Athletic, who wrote, quote, Washington Commanders defensive tackle Deron Payne walked off the practice field and skipped team drills on Tuesday over his anger with the lack of a new extension entering the fifth and final year of his rookie deal. End quote. Standing obviously wrote more. So if you want to read the entire article, head over to The Athletic. Great work from Ben Standig. As always. But look, I saw Payne early on hitting the sleds. You know, he was out there with Jonathan Allen looking good. Uh, a couple of photographers were pointing him out. You know, hey, he's over there. He's over there. Get his picture doing all that stuff. Uh, but it didn't take long. I kind of mentioned it there in segment two to notice that Fedaria Mathis was lining up next to Jonathan Allen in team drills. Uh, I actually said something to Darren Haynes, who was standing next to me from WUSA 9, and both of us, we kind of scanned the sideline and said, where, where is Big Deron Payne? We can't find him, and we never found him, and it turns out, well, because he walked off the field. He left after doing some individual stuff, stretching with the team, hitting sleds, doing those kinds of things. But when it came to the team portion uh, of, the, of, the tra- of the practice session, Duran left the field because of his contract situation. So trades and uh, and, and and rumors and speculations, nothing new when you talk about Duran Payne, right? Pretty much all offseason. I mean, towards the end of last season, people were talking about, do you trade him? You know, you had that scuffle uh, between him and Jonathan Allen on the sidelines there during the season that uh, former New York Giants head coach, you know, uh, regrettably decided to try to poke fun at or throw shade at. I don't know what he was doing. His, his team was obviously not in any of a better situation internally. And now he's no longer a head coach, but you know, you had that whole thing, the, the effort questions, right? Does he give maximum effort on every uh, single rep? And he is, he's in his fifth year option now, 24 years old. Uh, he's making $8.529 million on that part on this last year of his rookie deal. So trade and speculation and all this stuff, not new when you, when you're talking about Deron Payne uh, and then drafting Fedaria Mathis in the second round really raised some eyebrows. In fact, some of us, even started speculating. I got asked on, on a live interview shortly after the pick, like, what does this mean for Deron Payne? And I said, honestly, it, it could mean that we see him dra- uh, traded by the end of NFL draft weekend. Now, that didn't happen, but that's still that that selection of Mathis has kind of opened that door now where Washington, maybe you don't need Deron Payne on your defensive line. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to see how this thing uh, develops. A lot of people have already said or have been saying, especially on social media, uh, if you're not going to pay Deron Payne, then trade him rather than letting him walk away. Uh, in free agency next year, or even worse, franchise tag him, kind of going back to the history of Brandon Scherf's of the world, the Kirk Cousins of the world. Look, either commit to the kid or don't commit to him. If you're not going to commit to him, get something for him. I mean, granted, if he walks away in free agency, uh, you know, gets paid by another team, there's always the the possibility of compensatory picks 
uh, and all that stuff. But you know, Washington fans probably more more eager to see if you're going to move on from Duran, do it now and either bring in draft capital for the future. Let's see what Fenarian Mathis has, or bring in other players and contributors to the team, and let's see what we can build uh, around that. We're going to dive more into that story actually tomorrow. I've got some options that I want to break down. I want to get a little bit deeper on the Duran Payne situation, so I don't want to try to cram it here into the last two to five minutes of today's episode. So we're going to leave the rest of that for tomorrow. For now, let's close with three things that we want to see next week when we get another chance to attend OTA practice with Washington Commanders from the defense. Again, we dropped the three things we want to see from the offense on yesterday's episode, so if you're looking for those, head on over and check that out. Before the defense, number one, I got to be honest, guys, I want more Chris Harris, the Washington Commanders defensive backs coach. That dude lights up the practice field, energetic. I mean, I saw him wipe off sweat. He's, He's a coach there holding a call card calling out plays, correcting his guys as they run through drills and everything. And he's he's wiping off sweat almost as much as these players are. Uh, when when uh, Corn Elder came up with the interception on Carson Wentz there, the, the entire squad started running down the field. Chris Harris was right there with him, just running down with his guys, celebrating when it came to celebrating, coaching him hard when it came to coaching him hard. Uh, shout out to Chris Harris, the, again, the, the def- defensive backs coach there for the Washington Commanders. Huge fan of the energy he brought to the practice field. Wasn't the only one, but he did stand out uh, amongst the crowd. Number two thing that we want to see out of the Washington defense next week at OTAs, Montez Sweat. If we can't see Chase Young, probably not expecting to see Chase Young next next week. I would like to see Montez Sweat. You know, is that a personal matter? And again, personal matters are always a little bit tricky. You never know kind of how they're going to turn, how they're going to break, and I don't know exactly what it is uh, that he's dealing with anyway. So, you know, not saying shirk your personal responsibilities and get to practice, you know what I mean? But hopefully uh, whatever is happening uh, it allows Montez Sweat to be there and be practicing and be competing on the football field. Number three, more clarity for the Buffalo nickel position. Now, that one, again, just like the Duran Payne situation, we're going to break that down more in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you come back and check that out. Uh, I thank you for doing so. And, of course, thank you for making this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view every single day. Now make now make the Locked On NFL podcast your second listen or view every single day as well. Now make the Locked On NFL podcast your second listen or view. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for the real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I will be back tomorrow with one more solo episode to wrap up the week. And then Chris and I will be back to start up the week again next Monday. So if you've got reactions to anything we've been discussing related to any other questions or any other topics you want to discuss, send them in to locked on Washington commanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577 for Chris Russell. I'm David Harrison. If you're out about, please be safe, be kind to one another. And thank you for joining us right here on the locked on commanders podcast.